Welcome back to Barely Serious. You're about to listen to episode 160. But before we get into the podcast, I have a couple dates that I want to drop. Next week, next Thursday, on July 21st, I'm headlining the Columbus Comedy Zone in Georgia. I'm bringing Brandon Lejean to feature for me. It's going to be a hell of a time. I think tickets can be found at theloft.com. I think they're like 12 bucks or something like that. Columbus, you're an hour outside of Atlanta, so there's no excuse. On August 18th through the 20th, I'm headlining in California in this order, Lompoc, Atascadero, and Fresno. I know there's people that listen to the podcast in those cities because I've been to your city too damn many times. Come on out, Fresno, Atascadero, and Lompoc. And then the weekend after that, I'm headlining in Bend, Oregon, doing two shows out there. The first three times, the fourth time I've been out there, the first three times have been sold out, so get your tickets early. Those tickets can be found at bendticket.com. And then on, uh, what is that, September 8th, I'm in New York City, and then September 9th and 10th, I'm headlining the Harrisburg Comedy Zone for the full weekend. Three shows, two shows on Saturday, one show on Friday. I'm bringing Mike Eaton to feature for me, and it's going to be a hell of a time. And with that out of the way, enjoy this week's episode. Welcome back to Barely Serious. This is episode 160. I'm chilling out here in the under-construction house in Austin, Texas with Holly Johnston. How are you? I'm good. Thanks for having me on. I The first question that I have is... Uh, how old were you when you got first period? Uh, <laughs> I was like 13, 14. <laughs> I was late. I was a late bloomer. <laughs> Did it happen at school? Um, I don't remember. All right, on to the next question then. <laughs> I thought there was going to be something embarrassing. Have you seen the uh, Between Two Ferns? No, what's that? Ah, the show is Zach Galifianakis. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Yes, I have. Yeah. He uh, he asked Haley Steinfeld that question. I was like, I should bring that back. But um, no, dude, uh, where are you from originally? Where did you start doing stand-up? I started in Massachusetts. Uh, my first open mic ever was in Boston. Um, and then I, after the pandemic happened, Boston shut down. And then I started doing Rhode Island, Connecticut, some New York, just basically new england shows they were open the whole time they were they were very um they were kind of like discreet about it like uh like you were only like certain amount of people could be there like you'd be on these like text lists and they'd be like 7 p.m you know where like it was like (laughs) super like it was yeah it was for open mics yeah it was like illegal stand-up comedy (laughs) it's like a stand-up comedy speakeasy would there be actual crowds there or is it just straight up comics uh, the, the illegal ones would be straight up comics, but it was, so a, it was like so a fun time. It. <laughs> it's where I met a lot of like my like closest comedy friends was like during that period of time. Cause they were, we were all kind of like misplaced cause it was like Boston, Rhode Island, Worcester, all the different scenes were now going to whatever was open. So they weren't right. like in their little bubbles anymore. So I actually got to know a lot of like Boston comics I hadn't met and like Worcester comics and like. How close are we talking? Um, like, Boston, like, oh, sorry. Like, to, like, if you were to go to like a Rhode Island open mic, how long is the drive is that? Uh, I was on the Rhode Island border. I lived on the Rhode Island border. So I was like 20 to 45 minutes from Rhode Island and then an hour from Boston. So Rhode it's Island. Not the border? 45 <laughs> minutes away? <laughs> Fuck. No, no. I'm, <laughs> I was like 40 minutes away from like Providence, Rhode Island, but I was like 20 minutes away from this town in Rhode Island called Woonsocket. Woodsocket? Woonsocket. You are you from? Where were you born? Uh, Massachusetts. For real? Yeah. 
why did you decide to leave? How how long have you been doing stand up? So like how like I know that uh my buddy Brandon Brandon Lejean he started stand up and then like three months later the pandemic happened. So he's like a pandemic baby almost. Yeah, I started June 2019, so I was like six months in by the time the pandemic happened. I had just done like my first seven minute set in february at this like bar in new hampshire <laughs> and i was like this is such high stakes like i, was, <laughs> I like, took off work and planned my set the whole day <laughs> like, looking back it's just like that's so funny that that was like such high stakes isn't it funny um like looking back to like like looking back to when i started like i think like right after that's the set list for my first book show which was also a bar and like half those people on that list, I was like, man, these guys are the shit. These guys rock. None of them do stand up anymore. Yeah. <laughs> like the, the people that you like think are good in the beat when you first start and you're like, I want to be like that guy. And then, and then over time, you're like, wait a minute. No, I don't. Yeah, like guy's a chump. Yeah. Yeah. It is. It is absolutely insane. Um, but is there anybody from your scene that that you were like you thought that of and there actually are like legit? There's a lot of people from the... I mean, the Boston scene was great. Like, there was a lot of... And, like, the... Is there more than... Is there, like, a... Is there more than one Boston scene? Or is, like, the whole thing just considered the Boston scene? Like, is there, like, subgroups? So, there's Bo- so there's the Boston scene. Um, and then there's the Worcester scene, which is, like, another city in Massachusetts that's, like, probably, like, 30 minutes from Boston. And then there's the Rhode Island scene, which is in Rhode Island. And then... <laughs> Um, the Rhode Island scene's very small, and then there's, um, yeah, and then if you keep going, there's Connecticut, which is, like, a good two hours, and then New York, which is four hours, so, depends on, yeah. I think that's absolutely fucking crazy that you were able to just go and do all these different scenes, whereas, like, like, I started in Orange County, and there's literally San Diego is, like, 90 minutes south, and then... LA is like 45 minutes north and then like the next nearest scene like actual scene is like San Francisco which is like eight hours yikes or Phoenix which is like four but nobody's driving fucking four hours to Phoenix yeah I uh I would do these shows in Connecticut like right uh when like things were still closed down in Boston um and I would do like seven minutes again (laughs) lucky number seven (laughs) So I was doing seven minutes, and uh, this guy was like, "Oh, I do these these, show, these bar shows in Connecticut, and I would drive two and a half hours, do a seven minute set in front of like ten people at this bar, and then get in my car and just drive straight home another two and a half hours." And that was during the pandemic, or is that before? No, that was after. So that was like before I moved here. Oh, you didn't even move here during the pandemic. I moved here last June, so oh, right same. when things were opening up. Yeah. Do you miss it? Not really. I feel <laughs> like I feel like if I would have stayed, I would have just slowly started to see the good people leave and like the brand new people come in and like like a lot of a lot of places shut down. Like Worcester's lost so many rooms this year. Like now is that are you, is that spelled like Worcestershire sauce? It's spelled uh it's spelled like you you wouldn't be able to like it's W. <laughs> W O R S E S no W You don't even know when you're W O I'm not from there. Oh. Uh W O R C E S T E R, I think. It's like war it's spelled like Worcester without the like Worcester sauce. Without the H. Oh. Well, 
I couldn't spell that shit anyway. I probably would have left it out and accidentally spelled it right. Yeah, but they had a small scene, and um, yeah, so uh, so I, I wanted to go to a bigger scene, and I wanted to get like more stage time, and I also just wanted to leave home and leave my remote job that I was no longer a fan of, and just like move out of my parents' house. My parents were like in the middle of a divorce as I was leaving. <laughs> I was like, all right, I don't want to watch you guys sleep in separate bedrooms anymore. <laughs> How old are you? Uh, 24. Nice. Yeah, dude, that's hilarious. And so did you just like, did you know anybody here or are you just like, this is where I'm going to go? There was a bunch of comics from New England that moved here before me. So um, my friend Pat, I don't know if you know Pat Depari. Oh, the, the Patrick? Yeah, Patrick. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So he, I met him in Rhode Island at this really shitty mic in Woonsocket <laughs> where literally it was like the, it was just like these terrifying townies that did not want like they were just like the scariest looking dudes um a lot of like biker gangs that kind of vibe it was like guerrilla comedy they didn't know that you guys were going to be there yeah that type that type of uh that type of situation and we were like outside and it was just like i just remember it like smelled awful it just smelled like an old fry later and you're just like <laughs> outside under this vent and it's just like no one's paying attention and you have like you're just like outside in a parking lot with a microphone and there's some like <laughs> chairs around it and i was like yeah this is my wednesday this is what i do <laughs> um but what do you just ask me sorry i went on a tangent uh uh did you know anybody here or did you just decide like fuck it like this is where i'm just gonna go so i uh so like i said patrick so patrick moved down here in january and or he came yeah he moved down here in like winter of 2021 and he was this like was a dude you met one time no, we like knew each other. Oh, okay. And he's like, you got to check out this scene. Like, and like at the time, everything was still like close. Like, it was still really hard to find like places that were like opening up and things like that in where I was. So he was like, oh, you got to check out this scene. I did four sets tonight. Like, I was like, whoa, what? <laughs> like, I'd never heard of that before. I was like, you did four sets in a night? That's crazy. And like, Didn't kill have Tony. That in Boston? You had to drive. They had it in Boston, but Boston got just pummeled by the pandemic so boston was the like the slowest to reopen after the pandemic oh. rhode island's like fuck it but boston was like uh, yeah but to do like to do two sets in a night like if i wanted to do one set in rhode island one set in worcester it'd probably be like 30 to 45 minute drive between that's even even that's like not that bad i remember uh on tuesdays in orange county um, you could get up four times in one night and you would, it would, oh shit. You would start, it would, the first mic was at like five and then you would, it would go to Long Beach after that. And then you would drive from Long Beach, which is like 25 minutes. And you would drive back to Orange County and then you would do two sets there and then you would drive back to Long Beach. That's insane. Did you go with people or did you go by yourself? Um, so it just really depends. There was a guy I used to do it with like Mike Kim, uh, who's like blowing up on TikTok now. I don't even know if he does stand up really anymore. Um, but we used to do, cause he lived in Long Beach. So I would like meet him there and then he would just ride with me to the two mics in Orange County and then come with me to the other mic in Long Beach and I would just drop him back off at his car. And so it would really just be shit like that. So uh, it was Orange County to Long Beach. How far is that? Like 25 minutes. Okay. And then where from there? Back to Orange County. Back to Orange County. Do two mics in there and then back to i mean it's funny because like that's that was orange county before like i've always talked about orange county is like it was weird because there was like insane beef but everybody like sucked ass so it was like <laughs> it, like it didn't matter uh and so like it would be pretty funny that people would like try and beef with you and i'd be like okay 
and I would just go up to LA and just like ignore everybody. But uh, Orange County was like a perfect breeding ground for comics because there was, you know, you could go up four times within 20 minutes, uh, 20 minute, you know, radius of the city. Um, and then it also didn't matter because it would be like bar open mics. You could get really, really good and then go up to LA and do shows that matter or go down to San Diego and do shows that matter and then come back, work some shit out in Orange County where it doesn't fucking matter and then go up and do those new jokes wherever it does matter. Yeah, that does sound, that sounds, yeah, when, at first when you said, like, I went back and forth, I was picturing, like, you drove, like, to San Diego, and then oh, back yeah. to, I was like, San I was like, damn, you drove, like, four hours in one night? That was, like, 90 minutes, and so, like, you could go up at the comedy store in San Diego at La Jolla, which is, like, 90 minutes away um, from Orange County, but the way that they did their open mic is that at, like, uh, noon, you would call the comedy store and be like, hey, throw my name into the fucking bucket, and they would... At like 3 p.m., they would pull all the names from the bucket, and then you would call back at 4 and be like, hey, did I make it? And they'd be like, yeah or no, and then you could drive down there that way. But the comedy store in L.A., this was ass, dude, because you would fucking – they didn't do that. They do it now. They do it now, but back in the day, uh, like before the pandemic, you would have to drive from Orange County to L.A., and Potluck started at fucking, like, you would sign up at, like, 7. But it also was on Mondays where they did Kill Tony would be at 8. So you could sign up for Kill Tony and Potluck at the same time, knowing that there's no chance you're getting up on Potluck. Because the, they wouldn't pick at random. They would just, like, look for their homies' names and shit. Or, like, people with, like, a really retarded-ass name. And they'd be like, let's put fucking, you know, Indie God the comic up or whatever. On Potluck or on Kill Tony? Potluck. Kill Tony was random. Um, and... um. So at least Mondays were almost worth it, but you would drive like an hour and a half because of traffic to get to Hollywood, West Hollywood, and then you would have to try and find parking, and then you would walk over to the comedy store, and this was they they would do it every Monday, and then you would throw your name in the Kill Tony list, and you would throw your name on the potluck list, and then there was like two hours before they even did the fucking shit, before they even put the potluck list out, and then another hour before Kill Tony even started. So you would, everybody, there'd be like 300 comics signing up for potluck. And then we would all just like migrate across the Sunset Strip. And there was like restaurants and shit and bars. And like, we'd all end up at this, uh, this like hot dog and burger stand called Carney's. Carney's, yep. Yeah. And so like that place would just be filled with it. So like networking wise, it was actually really fucking cool because we would just be in like this hot dog truck. That's like a, a fucking train. And yeah. we would just be like in there, but I would... I would go there with my buddy Aaron, who actually does all my flyers. Um, I, would, I, would, I would He lived a mile from the comedy store, and so I would park at his house or his apartment, and I would we would be we would walk to the Hollywood Improv, which was like a five minute walk from his apartment. Then we would walk to the comedy store, which was like a fifteen minute walk from there. And then the Laugh Factory is a, a ten minute walk from there. So like it was really cool. But the only thing that sucked is that all three of those open mics were all all on different nights. So like it would be like you would just walk there to hang out, really. Yeah. Yeah, L.A. was, uh, yeah, I went to L.A. for the first time a couple weeks ago. And first time ever, right? Yeah, first time ever. You flew? I flew. Would you feel like, <laughs> when you stepped off the plane, did you feel like fucking Miley Cyrus? I felt like song? I did everything wrong. I did literally, <laughs> I, planned, I planned everything wrong. I did all the things you shouldn't do when going to L.A. for like comedy. What? I didn't rent a car. <laughs> I went alone. So everywhere, like any anything, like there was no splitting Ubers. There was did you no, try like, and find somebody to go with you, or did you just say "fuck this"? I'm just gonna go alone. No, I think I did try to find somebody, and then they bailed, and then I was like, "All right, I'm you going think, alone." Say their name. No, 
Um, <laughs> but uh, I was also going out there to, um, it's a long story. My dad uh, was going on this road trip with this woman and her daughter for her daughter's graduation gift and happened to be in LA that week. So her daughter, the, the daughter's graduation gift was a road trip with the dude that's banging her mom. I don't know if they're banging. I prefer not what? to think about it. Uh, I think they're just friends. <laughs> Let me believe they're, what I want to believe. I'll tell you this. They're not just friends. Let me believe what I want to believe. <laughs> okay. okay. Um, why, why, why wouldn't you hope that your dad's like out there getting pussy? As gross. It's not what? something I want to think about. But yeah, so then I had met, I like met up with them halfway through the week, stayed at their Airbnb a couple nights, um, did a couple of shows. Oh, your dad's hip then. He knows about Airbnb. How, how old's your dad? It's like 57. Oh, hell yeah. It's like, yeah. What's his name? <laughs> I just want to give the guy a toast for being out there like that. Shout out to Chris. Chris, um, Shout out Chris, bro. You're the homie, bro. Yeah. But yeah, I just like didn't, um, I didn't book good enough shows. I didn't sign up for potluck. I didn't. Hold on. Time out. Before you get into that, I got to mention before I, I almost want to take back my shout out because it's like it's funny because you know all of us comics are like damaged and shit and then i know that your brother is like a soundcloud rapper he's not a sound oh yeah he's a soundcloud rapper what or he's a rapper right he's a musician a musician <laughs> i thought he was a rapper um i saw your one post oh about it a while ago he's like a hip-hop artist so a rapper i get like a mix i guess anyway anyway <laughs> cool. like i'm saying it's like it's funny because it's like it's like you ended up a comic, he ended up like a rapper, and then then your parents got divorced. Usually that happens like years before that you become a, like a, you get into stand up comedy. Oh, like so I we, think it's funny that you started and then they got divorced. It's like what the fuck? I know we both just picked the least like profitable careers. <laughs> There's worse out there. You'd be a librarian. My parents are actually really supportive, though, surprisingly. Like, they're not... My mom's not like, when are you going to get a real job? Like, that's really? not... Well, she still thinks I should have a, a day job, um, but... Do you? Yeah, I do. Where do you work out here? You uh, don't just say the place if it's like a, you don't want some creepo showing up. I'm just a personal assistant for a guy with a uh, disability. <laughs> what? Why is that funny? <laughs> I'm just I'm just picturing you like opening some guy's Mountain Dew cans and just being like, I yeah, that's pretty, that. really? <laughs> that's, that's pretty much really that's pretty much a lot of straws. That's pretty of, cool. A lot of holding up straws. Yeah, that's easy. Sometimes, I mean, if I look away, this man could fall and die. What? So I have to is he, like. Is he actively trying to? He's handicapped, so like, if uh. I like look away and he's like getting out of his wheelchair and then he like, you know, how'd it, you get into that? Craigslist. Yeah, I was about to say eBay. <laughs> I was I was actually talking to a comedian. Shout out Katie Hausman. And no uh, way. Yeah, she was like, "Oh, you should she go." She's a friend of the podcast. She's great. She was like, "You should go on Craigslist because they have all kinds of like writing jobs." So I went on Craigslist, <laughs> and I was like, "Yeah, this is better than making a LinkedIn profile. I'll <laughs> just hit up some people on Craigslist." This is what happens when I take shortcuts. This is my <laughs> lesson. But I mean, it works out. It worked out. But uh, the ad was for uh, an assistant writer for this for this person. So I would be helping them like write. They're writing a book, so I was be helping them write a book. Um, 
but <laughs> and change their diaper and yeah yeah <laughs> and and some other things some other things written in fine print um do you really change their diaper no 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 oh i was no. gonna say like you just change this guy's a huge dick it's like, <laughs> oh shit that's disgusting no i you know she she's like very like she doesn't oh make it's a girl do, no the, the the person's wife she doesn't make me do anything like i'm uncomfortable with which is pretty nice so mostly i just like Make sure they have snacks. And oh, really? I would be sitting there like, I'm so uncomfortable taking out the trash. <laughs> I don't feel like I could open up your cabinet. I don't know what's in there. He can get his own raisins. <laughs> he really can't. Um, yeah, I don't want to talk about that too much. No, yeah, no, weird. it's totally fine. I don't but want to fucking he's make, a great guy. fired or something. Yeah, I don't think she's going to be listening to your podcast. No offense. but yeah, uh, <laughs> I mean, How funny would that be if you've just got fucking a pink slip? <laughs> like, 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 I heard you talking shit about Derek. It, it's just like it's like it's such an interesting job but um anyway but yeah. i have a question about um you said your parents were supportive were they supportive after they saw a set or were they just like do whatever you want my parents are just the type of parents that i'm like oh i think i'm into water skiing and then they go out and buy me water skis and water ski lessons you know like so all rich. like no not i picked the richest sport but <laughs> <laughs> what the fuck? that was a bad analogy um well i just mean like whatever i whatever I'm, i've been into as a kid my parents were just like incredibly supportive like i was I was a horse girl. <laughs> I was and into they bought horses. you a horse? No, no, no. I, I did horseback riding lessons. Like, just like anything that I was into as a kid. Like, maybe I'll try this. They're like, all right. Into the most expensive shit ever. Tuesday. Like <laughs> yeah. yeah, I had a good childhood. Um, So, like, That's my parents so have always been, like, extremely supportive. Like, my mom will text me and be like, I, I'm at an airport bar and I just uh, dropped your YouTube channel for uh, some people. I'm like, Mom, you don't need to plug my YouTube channel <laughs> to strangers in public like i appreciate it but like and then i'll get these random messages from people like hey i'm in your mom's exercise class and i heard about your i'm like oh my god that's pretty fucking cool though at least she, that's super supportive actually oh yeah no they're my parents are like really supportive which is cool because i can't imagine like i i mean props to the comics that do this and their parents just like hate them for it i don't know if i could like honestly do that <laughs> Well, I wouldn't say my parents hate hated at first me for it, but they were just like, all right, whatever, you know. And then, um, like my dad was, or my stepdad was one of those at first, and then he came to a show, uh, a while in, and like I had like a gr like the set of the night, and he was like, fucking whatever this is, like you got it, man, like fucking I support you now, and I was like, cool, you know. But it's also really funny because my my grandpa, uh, Grandpa Daryl. Uh, which is the only grandpa that I have that's still alive. Um, but he's like anti, like I dropped out of college for this. Oh, wow. Uh, and so like, and I, it was funny cause it, it all happened within, um, it all happened within like a span of like two weeks of like, so I, I dropped out of college. I got fired from my job. I got, um, like I broke with my girlfriend, like, and it's like all this crazy shit was going on. And so like, he calls me bro. And he was like, fucking i hear all this crap from your brother like you're fucking like blah blah, blah. like fuck you like i'm disappointed like all this crazy shit I'm grandpa like, oh. daryl <laughs> i know and i was like i remember like it was like like the pinnacle like it was the uh the absolute like the tipping point and i cried dude like on this on this phone call i cried it was actually the last time i've ever cried and it was, this was like 2018 
And but like I was like, man, like it was like everything had happened. I was just like, whatever, whatever, like shit happens, shit happens. But then to hear him be like, you're a failure. Like I'm not proud of you. Like all this stuff. And I was like, oh, you know, like I cried. I was like, man. And then um, like a couple of years later, we talked often. And so like the next like and he th- that was back when he was like a drunk and now he's sober. And like a couple of years ago or like a couple of years uh, or a couple of weeks later, you know, he calls me back and he's like, so like what's going on? Blah, blah, blah. Like, it, like it never happened. And I was like, fuck you, dude. And like now we're super cool and we talk every once in a while. But like I remember uh, like the first headlining gig I did, I did it. And then he calls me and we were talking because my grandma and I are friends on Facebook. And so he's like, oh, Galen just did the show. There's like a shitload of people there, blah, blah, blah. And he calls me. He's like, how much money do you make? And I was like, what? And he was like, how much money do you make? And I told him. And he was like, really? And I was like, yeah. And he was like, I told him about like all these other shows that are coming up and stuff. And so like now he like keeps up like with what I'm doing. And he, I don't think he'll, I'll, I don't think I'll ever hear him be like, I'm proud of you for this or whatever until, you know, something crazy. Like he's got to see me on for, he's like, he's white trash from his, like Mississippi, like used to ride dirt bikes for a living, like, like crazy, like, like total backwoods motherfucker, like doesn't really understand. Like he, that's why he was like, how much money you make? He doesn't understand, uh, like the grind doesn't understand the podcast doesn't understand all these other things. But if he were to see me on like wheel of fortune or something, he'd be like, he fucking made it. Like, <laughs> like he, would just, he just has to see me on any TV show ever. It could be unpaid. I could pay to be on whatever TV show and he'd have no idea and just be like, you fucking made it I'm proud of you now for being on, you know, the price is right. I'm just like, dude, what the fuck? So that's my experience of like, so like my mom and my stepdad are like, like, go for it. Like, we're proud of you. You're fucking funny. Like, do whatever it takes. And then my grandma's in the same boat. And then he's just like, fucking how much money are you making? And I'm like, eh, you know, I feel like that's how it should be. Not everybody should support you. Yeah, it's funny how you said, like, everything happened all at once like that. Because that's literally, I just feel like for some reason in this career path, for whatever reason, I feel like when shit hits the fan, it just, like, really hits the fan. In a way, like, I've never experienced it. It's like, oh, all of a sudden, I'm homeless. I have, <laughs> like, I have no friends. I just bombed. I'm, like, my savings account is running low. Like, all this stuff. It happens so fast. Like, mm-hmm. like right now, like, I just got broken up with. I don't know. Uh, there's something he else. He broke like, up with you? Yeah, he broke up with me. That's actually pretty funny. And, um. No offense. But like, I didn't have. That just doesn't happen, really. Yeah, uh, I, I was I was blindsided. I was like, "Oh shit!" Um, when? Like two weeks ago. Uh, but uh, what was the reason that he gave? Was it in person over text? If it you, was you don't in have person. Really? All right. Well, he's a better man than most. Yeah, he just said he wasn't feeling it, and I was like, "All right, man." <laughs> <laughs> did you guys Did you guys meet up in a, like a, a public location? No, we were at my house. Oh, okay, cool. Fuck, I can't remember who it is. Some, whoever this is knows who they are, but it's someone that's a friend of mine. They have a funny fucking joke about how they got broken up with in public. And she was like, let's oh, fucking. that's so awkward. So I, would like... hate, I would hate somebody who did that to me. <laughs> He's like, dude, I took a shower, like canceled plans, went there. And she's like, yeah, this isn't working out. He's like, you fucking serious? Just send me a text. <laughs> like, Anything with money involved too? Like we like, like, went out to dinner? <laughs> yeah, yeah. I paid for lunch. And then she was like, this isn't working out after I signed the check. Oh, cool. Cool. <laughs> that's fucked up. 
No, I uh, I thought he was joking at first. Uh, <laughs> I'll probably try to turn that into a joke. Because, like, I don't know. We're both kind of, like, we make jokes. So, yeah. like, he's like, I want to break up. I'm like, ah, that's funny. Like, I was <laughs> like, what did I just do? Like, I thought I, like, did something. And he's like, oh, now I want to break up. Ah, you know, like, you do right. stupid stuff like that. <laughs> so, I'm laughing. I'm like, ah, yeah, that's funny. And I look over and I'm like, oh <laughs> you're dead ass i was like oh he's like no i want to break up and i was like oh you're you're serious <laughs> i was like oh i had just gotten back so i just done addison improv nice in uh dallas yeah it was pretty cool i drove i had to drop my mom off at the airport at five in the morning and your then, mom lives out here no she came to visit oh okay so she came to visit. I dropped her off at five in the morning, tried to sleep in, and then had to drive to Addison at like three in the afternoon. So I was drained. I was so tired. So I get there. I'm like literally like falling asleep at the table, like trying to read my set list. I go on stage. I had a decent set. Get off stage. I'm like, okay, am I finding a place to crash or am I, or am I driving straight home? I'm right. like, I'm going to try to make it. I was right. like, I got a little adrenaline in me. I'm going to try to make it. So I start the drive. Like 45 minutes in, I'm just taking like a million wrong exits because I'm so tired. And I'm exits. like, like I was just like driving in circle. Like I was what? I it's like a straight shot back. I'm also just a terrible driver. <laughs> <laughs> so it's probably good to include that. So I'm just driving like just even worse than normal. And uh, I was just like, I can't do this. I'm going to die if I try to do this. So I was like, I pulled over, got like a highway hotel, you know, like a cheap like inn type hotel, whatever. Yeah. Slept there for the night, got in my car, drove all the way home. I was like, oh, I just can't wait to be home. It's been so long. Just can't. I just want to sleep in my bed. It's going to just be so nice to go home, get home, get broken up. With. <laughs> <laughs> it's like 4th of July weekend. There's like fireworks. And I'm just like, oh. <laughs> How long were you guys together? Uh, six months. Uh, well, that doesn't really even count, really. Mm -hmm. that, was, that was one of the questions that I was going to ask, but now it has more meaning. Um, like, so you just, you date comics? Yeah. Or is he not a comic or is he just a podcaster? He's a comic. Oh, really? All right. Yeah, I need, it's, I need to stop dating comics. I dated a comic when I first started comedy, like for like almost two years. Like what the we, fuck? We were like... I had like done my first open mic and I like looked up a bunch of like comics online and started messing them, messaging them on Instagram because I thought that's how you network. And <laughs> I was like, hey, I really like your comedy. And like, and he's like, oh, we should write together. And I was like, oh my God, he wants to write together. Like, <laughs> I don't know what that meant. Like, that's like, so funny. He's like, yeah, you can be in my next sketch video. I'm like, I, I just made it. I'm like, I, I'm not going to be on a famous YouTuber's channel. Like, I thought I was like, I was like, this famous YouTuber wants me to write for him. Like, I'm, <laughs> mom, I made it. <laughs> and he had like 200 subscribers. <laughs> no, he actually had a pretty good following. But oh, nice. So, yeah. So then we ended up dating for almost two years. Which is <laughs> <laughs> pretty funny. But, um, yeah, no more comics. <laughs> yeah, no, I've I've had a no comic rule since the beginning. Well, I feel like for it's different. It's different for female comics in a way. Cause it's like, I feel like there's no, like you're not going to get banned from Creek. You know what I mean? It's like, it's the, it's the opposite. But I had a buddy of mine. Uh, he did this girl uh, and she happened to be like buddy, buddy with the fucking book or the comedy store. And they broke up in like a not so cool way. And like all of a sudden, guess who stopped getting 
spots at the store. Yeah. And guess who stopped getting spots at the Hollywood Improv? And guess who stopped getting spots at the Laugh Factory? That's the risk. Like, it's it's just not a good idea to mix, like, your professional, like, life with dating. And I'm realizing that now <laughs> at the ripe age of 24. I will say, so I had a no comic rule for, like, the longest time. And then I, like, accidentally fucked a comic. But, well, it... She does like open mics, so I wouldn't consider it like whatever. You know who it is. I'm not going to say who it is on the podcast, but I really don't. But tell me after. <laughs> yeah, no, 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 you know who it is, but not from what I'm telling oh, you. Oh, I I'm was saying. like, I like, you know who this person is. I don't know is. who you uh, up with. Yeah, yeah, that's who. That's that gave it away. Uh, I slept with this comic. You know who it is. I could probably pull a name from the seven female comics that are here in Austin <laughs> if I tried. But um, yeah, okay, so you guys fucked. But here's the thing. It was off Tinder. Like, we we just happened. Like, it was funny because, like, I was literally with uh, a bunch of comics at my old apartment. And we were just, like, hanging out. I was just swiping on Tinder. And then she popped up. And I was like, oh, look at this fucking dumb bitch. Like, blah, blah, blah. <laughs> and then I was like, they're like, swipe on her. And I swept on her. And then it was like, you match. And I was like, no. We were like, shut the fuck up. And then I was like, I should message her. And then I messaged her. I was like, so we're going to fuck now or we're going to fuck later. And she was like, well, what are you doing later? And I was like, fuck. And then we <laughs> fucked. And I was like, damn. But it was one of those where I was like, all right, I'll break my rule because that was pretty funny. I was like, all right, and then whatever. Well, here's here's my def- me defending myself on why I've dated comics. Here's my essay. Uh, my in this God. essay, I will. <laughs> no, I because here's here's the thing. Like when it's really like I don't know. I've never not dated a comic since I've done comedy, so I guess I really can't speak from like a other point of view. But sure. like. I'm out all night at like until like midnight with just a bunch of mostly dudes doing like open mics and that's like that's my work. Like how am I going to explain that to like a normal guy? Like hey, yeah. by the way, I'm going to be out every single night. I'm not going to see you at all during the week. I'm probably not going to see you that much on weekends cuz I'm going to be like doing shows and stuff. Um and also I just have like a fucked up sense of humor. So like I feel like sometimes I don't know. I feel like sometimes men are like, "What? What is that?" <laughs> so well, I like. I don't feel like that doesn't that doesn't you know exemplify what you're saying. But like you know, I understand you know banging, but like dating is like crazy. Like dating a comic is like like top five most retarded things you could do for for not just <laughs> female comics or male comics, but for like regular people too. Like for like when chicks like are like we should fucking, you know, hang out and, like, we should date or whatever. I'm like, you're insane. Like, there's no... That's, I haven't dated anybody since, like, 2018. So you're like, saying don't date anyone as a comic? I don't know. I just feel like it... it, it I don't know. I feel like at the, at the point in my career that I'm at, it doesn't make sense for me to take any time that's not dedicated to writing or performing or doing the podcast. That, And I feel like it. not only is it not fair to you know, whatever muggle girls, like, we should fucking date. But, like, it's, like, I, muggles as a non-comic. Like, it would make sense. It would make sense if, like, there was someone that's, like, you know, if there was some female comic out there would be that's, like, featuring for me on the road. Like, every fucking, like, we're, like, it's just the one. We go everywhere and do this. But I've also seen that just totally crash and burn. And then let's say, so I've had, I've done shows on the road where people have seen me before and then they come back. If you go and you do a fucking show and then, you know, your girlfriend is like featuring for you and then it's like, oh, well, what happened to fucking whatever her fucking name is? And you're like, oh, well, 
you know, we didn't work up. Or if she goes back and they go to see her thinking that I'm going to be there. Like, it's just the whole thing. It's very. Well, it doesn't have to be like, I definitely get what you're saying. Like the idea of like taking away from your productivity for like a relationship or whatever. But also I feel like because I'm dating, because I was dating a comic, it was sort of like we're both we we're both on the same page that comedy comes first so you know it's not like some dude's like upset that i didn't go to his piano recital or something because i had a show i like i love that example i don't know why but like i see what you're saying but i also think like you can have a relationship if you're both on the same page of my career comes first your career comes first we see each other when we can, but like when you have somebody that has their own shit going on, like their their career is as busy and crazy as yours. And no, I don't think being their feature would be a, like like we didn't like we would sometimes end up on shows together, but we would never expect it. Like we would never be like, oh, I thought he was because just a podcaster. yeah, like we would never be like oh because i'm booked on this show they're automatically gonna book you like it was there was there was never that which i liked a lot because i hate that shit when they yeah. book couples i'm like Ugh, i don't cringy. like it it is cringy and then it like yeah and then when they don't see you as like a single you know like but yeah that's enough of that <laughs> well it's also like i i think that i think that's i think it's stupid i think relationships are stupid I'm like, what it are you sounds fucking... really healthy. What? <laughs> so it sounds like you're in a really healthy place. <laughs> no, well, I mean, I wouldn't say a healthy place, but I, I, I don't think I'm wrong. What was the reason you broke up with your girlfriend when you started comedy? Well, so <laughs> that's a whole can of worms. Um, but the short story is basically my great uncle, who was like my best friend and like took care of me since I was like a kid. He died, and I fucking discovered him like i went yeah it's it's, it's a thing um but um he was a hoarder and so i was going for it took me two months and in his will he wrote that every single thing in his house that i had to touch and it was i'll show i could show you pictures at some time uh from head like ground to toe hoarder but the thing is he did have like a ton of valuable shit and so it was like one of those things where he in his will he wrote i have to touch everything like, you could throw shit away, but I have to touch everything. So it took me two months to go through this dude's entire fucking place. Wait, he wanted you to touch everything he owned? Yeah, so it wasn't one of those where I could just, like, have a crew come in and throw everything away. Because there was a ton of valuable shit in oh, there. Oh, like, like, it had buried. to go through you, pretty yeah, much. Yeah, everything. Okay. Everything in the house. Uh, and so it took me two months to fully go through it. And, like, month, like a month in, it's literally... Like, we rented... Uh, my un- my other uncle helped me, and we rented at least I think it was nine or ten dumpsters that came to the house, and it got to like a month, and I was like, just fucking throw shit at, just yeah. throw shit. At. I can't, I can't do this anymore. It's affecting everything, and this is before I did stand up, and so like there wasn't really anything taking away from anything. I just had this fucking girlfriend, and I was going to college, and we had been together for like a year and a half at this point, and it was one of those where, um, she didn't. It's so weird talking about this. I haven't talked about this ever. Um, she didn't like support. She didn't understand. She didn't show up one time to like help out. And I was like, well, what the fuck do you even do, really? Like, if you're not going to show up and help me do this, like, yeah. this is like the only thing that I really have going on. And it got to the point when, uh, and I was also going through a thing. I just, my best friend just fucking died and I found his body. You know what I mean? Like, How I'm, many bodies did you find in one week? Huh? 
You found two bodies? No, and like... him. Just the one guy. He was my oh. great uncle and my best friend. Oh. And he raised me. I thought you were saying your best friend also killed himself the same week your no, uncle he died. No, ki- he didn't kill himself. He, uh, he, he uh, broke his shoulder and my aunt was in Oregon at the time, his wife, and she was like, can you go pick him up uh, for his appointment at the doctor? And I was like, yeah, sure. And so I showed up. The blinds were closed. The back door was locked. The front door was locked. I was like, what the fuck? And there was one blind that was like like just caught on something so I could kind of see in. And I looked in there, and I just saw him laying there. And I was like, what the oh fuck? Oh, my God. Yeah. And so like I... I remember just banging on the door, and he was like, "I." He was still alive at the time, and so he called, which was actually more fucked up than if he was just dead. Yeah. Uh, and he he called my name because he knew I was coming to pick him up for the appointment, but she set the appointment like two days before, so he had been on like on the ground for like two days, and he like called my name, and so I just stood there because I was like, "Oh, he must be like naked or something. He's gonna fucking come get the door, like whatever." And I was standing out there for like the longest five minutes of my life. And I was like, well, fuck this, dude. And so I went to my car, grabbed my knife, and I went around back, broke into the house. And then I fucking, he was like in the shit. Like he had just tripped. He broke both his knees, couldn't get up, and some crazy shit. I called 911. They come, drag him out of there. They had to break his legs just to get him out of the place. Oof. Yeah. And this is not funny. Like this is why I've never talked about it on the podcast. But sorry, uh, no, it's totally fine. The uh, crazier shit has been talked about. Um, and I follow the ambulance back to the hospital. They give him a bunch of shit. And the thing that's most fucked up about it is he like came back like he was like perfectly fine. Like he was like we were talking, we were making fun of the nurse. Like he was like back, and I was like, oh, he's gonna be fine. And then my aunt calls me, who's a nurse, calls me. I step out into the hallway. I'm on her. And she's like things aren't looking that good. I'm like, what are you fucking talking about? And she's like, I just got off the phone with the doctor, like all these things, like his blood work, all this stuff. Like, like, like he's probably going to die. And I was like, you're fucking retarded. I'm just hanging out with him. He's fucking perfectly fine. He died like fucking 12 hours later. And I was like Oof. this. Yeah. Holding my hand. It doesn't matter. Um, it's awful. It, it sucks ass. And so I started doing comedy like a month later. Um, and yeah, just within that month, you know, I dropped out of I dropped out of college like a month into doing stand up. So it was like two months later. I broke with my girlfriend, um, got fired from my job, like everything. Yeah, yeah, it all happened all at once. He died. All this stuff just you know. It really does all happen at once. It's crazy. But the thing that's most insane to me is that he kind of did everything for me, you know. And so it's funny because once I got on stage and did all this shit, I would have never got on. You know, I had always wanted to do stand up, and I you know didn't know how, didn't do what. And it it was one of those things where like I feel like I feel like and like people are gonna say I'm crazy. I feel like he died, like he gave up his life in like a weird way so that I become who I'm supposed to be. Like it's very weird. Um, but yeah, that's why I broke with my girlfriend because she wasn't. Like <laughs> <laughs> it was very. I was just like, well, if you're not even helping me with this, you're not gonna help me out with anything else. Fuck you. It would be pretty funny if after that whole story you were like, oh yeah. So the reason I broke up with my girlfriend, bad communication. Yes. <laughs> Something just completely unrelated and like completely normal. Like, yeah, just fizzled out. Anyway. <laughs> but yeah, it's weird that story. That's why I broke with her. It's why I started stand up. It's why there's a bunch of shit. And um, yeah. Why did you get in stand up? So, like, you were talking about how your parents were supportive. Great. All this stuff. Like, why would. Like, I- I'm curious to know why you're funny. Um,. 
I think I'm funny because I was always like an awkward kid. So like in order to like get people to like accept me, I would say funny things like under my breath and people would be like, oh my God, she's funny. She's not just fucking weird. Like, right, right. <laughs> like under your breath. Like I would always like say something really quietly, but it was like really like witty and mm-hmm. like uh, people like wouldn't like notice at first and then like certain people would. Um, but how I got into stand up, let's see. So my dad was actually a comedian for like 10 years when I was a kid. Oh, so really? my dad did comedy. Looking back, like when I, I would picture my dad like at like theater shows and so I was like, my dad's a stand up comedian. <laughs> That's so cool. And like as I grew up, I realized like, oh, my dad had like my dad like did was like a middler at like one Boston restaurant like every other Saturday or something like that. But you think you're funnier than him? Oh yeah, I've I've read. I had a um. There was like a when they were cleaning out the house. There was like this box of my dad's old jokes. Really. And I was reading through them when I was home for winter break because I was just like it was like my dad's headshot, my dad's like ri- like all his like written jokes and like stream of consciousness, you know, like comedy writing. Yeah. And I was like, some of them, I was like, Dad, this is so hacky. You can't do this now. <laughs> do you have any bits about that? Uh, that's actually fucking funny. I, don't I think, should. I don't know anybody that has a, a dad that like failed to do comedy. And then you're just like, I, think I that, could do this. I think that's <laughs> why my dad's so supportive. Because when I was in high school, I was like, I was like a mostly a quiet kid. I was kind of like average. I had like a small group of friends. Mm-hmm. I would like make them laugh and stuff. And I was like, I would always like imagine myself doing stand up in the the senior talent show, my mm-hmm. senior year of high school. And I was like, imagine if I did stand up in the senior year talent show. That would be crazy. And I like went up to my dad like two weeks before the talent show, and I was like, Dad, I think I want to write stand up for the talent show. My dad was. Were like, you already signed up for it? No. Okay. My dad was so excited. He like went and got his Judy Carter comedy Bible from like 1993, <laughs> and like. He's like, oh, this is how you write a joke, and this is a premise, and like we like bonded yeah. over it, um, and yeah, and I did it in my senior talent show. I only told one other person. It was my best friend at the time, who's actually, um, I don't know if you know Paul Cyphers, but it's his cousin. Uh, he's a Worcester comic that moved yeah. here, but yeah, it was his cousin, which is just weird, small world. But if she was my best friend at the time. I didn't tell anybody else. Why do you keep saying at the time? Like, we don't talk anymore <laughs> but uh she was my best friend in, in high school and um and i told her i was like i'm gonna i'm gonna do stand-up in the senior talent show and she was like oh uh okay and she like wasn't about it and i was like super nervous for it because like no one really knew me that well and like they're like all right and now, now hi. <laughs> yeah. here's the thing you said high school yeah this was high school so th- there was a lot at stake even though i was graduating <laughs> now here's the thing we never had a talent show in high school so is this something that everybody had to go to or is this something that people would just maybe show up at i went to a very small very white very clicky school and the high school talent show was a big deal <laughs> everybody was there my cl- my graduating class had 84 kids what yeah tiny so it was just this very small it was just seniors there or like the whole yeah. school was there no it was just seniors okay and i went up there with my little note cards <laughs> and looking back it was probably like i don't know where that set it like you have a video no i <sighs> don't Damn. Um, i wish i did but it was just me like just just shitting on teachers, just being like, oh, this teacher is going to give us food poisoning or like well, the health teacher sucks. Like just, <laughs> but they were like actually like jokes I had written. And it was honestly like, it was the craziest moment of like high school where people were like, like I was just like this like kid no one like 
knew that much about and really like think about very much and like i just went up there and just like did this whole like roast of all the teachers and just like myself and like i just did this whole act and it like not gonna lie, I crushed. All right. Really? Yeah, of course, of course. <laughs> I crushed. It was like it was crazy. It was like kids, like like the popular kids that would never like give me like the time of day or whatever. They were like falling out of their chairs, laughing. Like it was just like the most like like it was just like a crazy experience at that point in my life because I was just like an absolute like nobody. Yeah. <laughs> and I was just like wow. And then I didn't do stand-up when I went to college for four years. And then after I graduated college, I started doing open mics. And then I just got super hooked on it. And here we are. <laughs> <laughs> That's dope. All right. Well, at least you have a good story. Most of the time when people like have a good background, they'll be like, yeah, I fucking went up there on a dare. And I'm like, fuck you, dude. That's not a good story. I mean, I had a good background in the sense of like, you know, I grew up like upper middle class or whatever. And like, you know, I never had problems with like money or anything like that. But like, I, I know when you were talking about driving back from Addison, you're like, yeah, I got this hotel. And I was like, what? No, I it was you a like, Best Western. Don't worry. <laughs> it was literally the shittiest hotel. To me, Best Western is like, that's five stars, dude. <laughs> like that's like, um, it was funny because when, so when I headlined the Comedy Zone in Fort Walton Beach, Florida, it was like they gave it to me as like an audition. Like there's a story before it doesn't matter. Well, it does matter, but not right now. Um, and um, so like my buddy was supposed to, I was he was gonna fly out here from California. The dude that always features for me, and he like I took a nap. I was like, cool. He's gonna land at this time. I'm gonna go pick him up. We're gonna drive there. We're gonna do this show. We're gonna smash it. We're gonna get signed. Fucking whatever. <laughs> right. We're gonna get signed. Is this your first show ever? Huh? No, this is the uh, it's with a, the first show with the Comedy Zone. The people who book it are the, is uh, East Coast Entertainment. Okay. Uh, and so he's like, dude, like I, I take a nap, I wake up, my phone's blown up, and I was like, what the fuck? And so I call him, and he's like, I can't make it, and it gives me some bullshit gay ass excuse for fucking some my work at this escrow job. Why I do you need him there again? To feature. Oh. Like, he's like the like it's one of those. Well, these these Comedy Zone gigs, it's literally. You bring someone, they do 20, and then they bring you up, you do your hour, you get paid, you dip, and it's sold out every time. Wow. It's it's crazy. And so I had to scramble, find somebody. So I'm calling. Here's the thing. At this time, I don't think I even knew you, um, but like at this time, there was only uh, like three comics in Austin, I'm like, that I even know that might be able to do 20. Yeah. And and it's Mikey and... Jason Rodriguez, Andrew Tarr. Like those are the only all three solid, dudes. All solid, all solid choices. The only three dudes, or you know, not that comp, female comics can't do it, but it was like at the time I was like, I'm fucking going yeah. on the fucking thing. I'm like, I don't want to like, you know, it's such a weird. It was like the biggest opportunity of my life, and so I was like, I can't just fucking bring some rando. Where was this club again? Uh, Fort Walton Beach, Florida. Okay. Uh, by Destin. Uh, and what month was this? This was March nineteenth. <laughs> oh. oh so this was like pretty recent yeah and so i'd already been headlining and stuff and so this kind of like this it was a very weird interaction that led to this but um and then so i called andrew andrew was down i was like fucking like he was like when do we leave and i was like right now and he was like what and i was like yeah like fucking now like don't even shower we're leaving <laughs> and so like he packs a backpack i packed a backpack and we we drove you guys drove to Florida. Oh, so it's the the tippy like the Panhandle, like right under Alabama part. It's Destin. You ever heard of Destin? How long is that drive? Uh, it was like ten hours, nine Ye- hours. Oh my god! Which isn't even it was just not even that bad. I sh- I did the whole drive myself. I just straight shotted it. Um, 
and uh, we get there, and so the the agent like sends me like the itinerary. He's like, "You're going to this hotel, whatever." Just sends me the address. Doesn't say what hotel it is. I was like, "For, for sure, show up." It's the fucking the the Hilton on the Ooh, the beachfront Hilton. I was love like, "What the, the Hilton?" I was like, "This is fucking crazy." And I was like, "Cause I'm used to like all these other headlining gigs. They'll put you up at like the, this like days in like the most crackhead." Oh, uh, days hotel. in is scary. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, and so I'm used to that. And so I was like, we're staying at the Hilton, bro. I was like, shut the fuck up. And so we walk in, I check in and the lady's like, Oh, I need to see his ID too. And I was like, okay, for sure. And so he goes out to the car and she like gives me a room key. She gives me my room key. And I was like, okay, fuck yeah. And I was like, okay, cool. So I dip out and I'm like, yeah, I guess she doesn't need to see your ID after all. We grab our shit because he has all his, you know, uh, video equipment and stuff. And we, uh, walk back inside. She's like, oh, I need to see your ID. And he's like, what for? We already have our room key. She goes, what? You don't want your fucking room? And she's like, we were like, what are you talking about, lady? And so like, dude, they fucking put us up in separate rooms. Two separate rooms? At this fucking beachfront. Like, dude, we literally opened the, like the room had a door and you just walk onto the beach. It was the, it was, the hotel was in Destin, which is a top five resort town in America. Like it's fucking white sand beaches emerald green water like it's like the craziest shit ever and we're just like you sound like somebody just trying to sell me a timeshare right I now know. <laughs> yeah, that's well that's what it felt like we were, i literally like, picture we, this <laughs> picture life right now enjoy the free buffet and picture this but it was like it was like life-changing because we we're like this is fucking crazy he had never been east of austin and so like now we're like just right there like we stepped into a time portal we go to the show and it was one of those where, like, they were literally were giving you this room as, like, an audition. Like, to, you know, whatever. Like, we'll see what you do. And we're like, we're like, fuck yeah, dude. So we're chilling in the green room. And the green room had this, like, a, you know, like, the window that they have, like, police stations where you could see in, but they can't. Or you could see out, they can't see in. Yeah. And so, like, it was like that. We get there, like, an hour early because he wants to set up his video equipment. And there's fucking no one there. And I was oh, like, no. this is going to suck dick. And so like, I started getting in my head. I was like, this is going to fucking blow ass. Like, why are we fucking here? Like, this sucks dicks. And so, like, the whole time, I was so paranoid about the thing. And I was just in my head about, like, you know, like, whatever. And I was like, this is going to fucking suck. Like, but then I started doing, like, the math. And I was like, okay, well, we're guaranteed this amount of money. I'm guaranteed this amount of money. You're guaranteed this amount of money. They also put us up in two separate rooms. I, I was so paranoid that I looked up the cost of the room. Like on Google, and I was like, okay, well, if they're paying us this separate rooms plus what we're getting paid, there has to be a certain amount of ticket sales for them to even be like, we're gonna send you here. Plus, like all this, like, so I started doing like all this like fucking Da Vinci Code shit, uh, and I was like, there's got to be at least some people here. And so I, I go to the bathroom, I look out, and I look out. And there's like now ten people. There's like cool ten people. Fuck yeah, like I'm fine with that. Like that's fucking awesome. I could do with that. And then fucking. I go in, I write my set list, I come back out, all of a sudden the room is just packed with fucking 200 plus people. Like it was fucking insane. And we fucking, Andrew goes up, destroys. Like destroys. Like he goes up there and it was funny because they had this one guy as the host go up there and do like three minutes before he brought up Andrew just to be like, welcome to the comedy show. You knew you were going to be here because you fucking paid to be here. So it's no opener? Is this a feature and then you? Yeah, that's how they all. That's how all of them are. It's crazy. Interesting. And uh, that's how most rope gigs are. Um, and he goes, the guy goes up there, does three minutes of like Bill Burr material. Me and Andrew in the back, just like what the fuck? <laughs> He's just stealing jokes. <laughs> he was just stealing jokes, and we were like, what the fuck? And the crowd was eating it. And we were like, what the fuck? Like we were like, dude. And so the Andrew goes up, does twenty, destroys. 
And he like, there was one joke that didn't work out of his whole set. And I was like, this is going to be a fucking cakewalk. Go up there, fucking have a great set. And then we're driving back. You did an hour? I did an hour and two minutes, yeah. Wow. And I've uh, never done more than 20, 22 minutes, I think. Yeah. Well, I like I said, I write for like an hour a day. So it's like there's, and most of the stuff that comes out of the hour is garbage. <laughs> Dog shit. The worst shit of all time. Like I would never even say to an open mic, like ever. And then. To have an hour at four, you're four years in, right? Yeah. Well, I wouldn't say I have an hour. I have 45. I have 45 minutes that works. And then like. Some bullshit time. Well, the 15 minutes was like crowd work that was like killing. Mm-hmm. And so like, but like, I'm, I feel like I'm, I'm pretty good at crowd work. It's just. It's just the first thing that comes to your mind, and then sometimes it doesn't work, and then you say some other thing that works. It doesn't matter. Um, but, um, yeah, so I did an hour and two, and we're driving back, and the dude that set me up with that uh, calls me, and he's like, hey, man, and this dude, uh, he books, like, the USO tours, and he's he does all this other crazy shit, and he's like, hey, man, I just want to let you know. I don't know if the dude has reached out to you yet. Probably not, but I had people in the crowd, and they put people in the crowd to, like, observe and you're in. And I was like, shut Hell the fuck yeah. up. Hell yeah. Yeah. And so now I'm doing, you know, Harrisburg and Columbus and like all this other stuff. And that's sick. It's really cool. But how did we even get on this topic? There was a reason I brought this up. Uh, I think, was it because I told my my victory lap story about doing stand up in front of my high school class? No, there was a reason. Damn it. I don't know. But that's, that's honestly so cool. I mean, it's really it's cool to hear about comics that like I mean you're like you're less than six years in and yeah. like like I was meeting when I was out in L A I was meeting comics that were at the store and you know they weren't they weren't anybody I'd heard of but they were good and I was like how long have you been doing this for and they're like eight nine years and I was like fuck <laughs> I was like I should just quit now like I had this like I had this week when I was in LA where I was like, what am I doing? I was like, I'm never going to make, like, I just had like the most negative thoughts about everything. Just like, I was just like by myself in an Airbnb. Like, I was just like, what am I doing here? Like these people are waiting eight years and nothing has happened for them. Like I just had like the, the, the most. So here's the thing. I started stand up out there in Orange County and I would so I know the type of people you're talking about and like mm-hmm. I feel like that motivated me in like the opposite type of way that it should have uh as in like I would like so that's why like the years in is kind of like a weird way to base it's stand-up. a terrible way to base it I think because like so those dudes were like oh I've been doing stand up for 13 years I went to you know one open mic a week for the first five yeah it's e- like exactly. okay dude you didn't really do stand up until you were six years in. So you've really only been doing it for five out of the fucking thing. That's the thing. And then also you're not funny. So it's like it, there's so many things. And so like that's why. So when – so I started stand-up on October 30th, 2018. And then the first time I did the improv was March 5th, 2019. So it was like four months in. Wow. And while I was doing this, I was going up. I was doing four mics a night, five mics a night, just going, 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 going. And then, you know, I would listen to back to every set. I still listen to back to every set. I write an hour a day still because the dude that kind of took me under his wing who headlines all these crazy things, he told me, he's like, dude, the first year you're in comedy, you're going to write the most you've ever written. And then you kind of just fizzle off. And I was like, well, fuck that. I'm not going to do that. I'm going to keep writing and then see what comes of it. So I just keep writing, keep writing past the year one where people just kind of stop writing. And then you kind of, uh, when I would do like that show that I did at the improv, that night, I did two open mics before I did the show at the Improv. 
did the show at the improv. Wow. And then I went to an open mic after, and then people that came to see me were like, let's go fucking drink. And I was like, sorry, dude, can't. I got to fucking go workshop some bit out at this fucking bar thing. So you did a mic after those shows? Before and after. So I would be fucking Damn. grinding and grinding and grinding. And so that's one of those things where it's like, you could, you know, be doing stand up for like I have for four years. But I mean, the, the amount, amount of time of, you've put into it. The amount of time you've crunched into it should those be by four hour. <laughs> yeah. Can you flick the light, the switch? Yeah, it's getting the sun is setting. Oh there we go. Um yeah, it's like but the amount of time that I've crunched into those four years of like actual stand up is probably more time than those dudes you met in LA that have been like oh, I've fucking been doing it. It was before. actually a girl, but um Name yeah. names. No. <laughs> Name names. Never. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, no, I honestly respect the hour a day thing. Like, um so you just like do you have like a, a time you write every day, like the same time, or do you just no. kinda And so I was just talking to somebody about this. It's my notes are broken down by like month and so like this. Do you do all your writing digitally? No, so uh, this is just the past two months, and most of it is absolutely just dog shit. Uh, and then when I write something, like, um, the last thing I wrote in here was yesterday, and it was literally, I just write down funny things that interacted that I interacted with the day, mm-hmm. and then I wait a day, and I'm like, okay, how can I turn this into something that I can stay on stage? And then I wait another day, and then I write it out. And so, like, each time, so I'm writing about stuff that happened that I thought about three days ago. That way I have time to, you know, I thought it was funny. And then two days later, I'm like, okay, now I'm reading this for pretty much the first time. And then I'm like, how can I make this funnier than I thought it was two days ago? Uh, And so, like, the last thing I wrote in here was my friend over there, he has cancer. He's wondering if in his last days could fuck both of you at the same time, send Sean over. Like, it's very stupid. But when I was in Phoenix, I was hanging out with my buddy and – uh, I was staying at his house, and we went to this bar. Like the last, the last night I was there, and there was these two of like the hottest chicks I've ever seen in my fucking life, and they were chilling over there alone. And so you know, you're looking for the the clues of like if they're waiting for people or what. Mm-hmm. So they had their second round come, and I was like, they're alone. Let's <laughs> fucking go hit on these girls. Like like, and so we're sitting there. We were alone, just watching the game. Uh, and so I was like, I got this. And he was like, Shut the fuck up, you ain't got shit. And I was like, Watch this. And I walked over to these two girls, and I was like, Hey. Sorry to interrupt your conversation, but my buddy over there and I pointed and they looked and it was perfect because he looked so sad just sitting there alone. <laughs> and we also had uh, we had a table that was like com- made for like eight people and it was just him sitting there. It was perfect. Made mm-hmm. him look even sadder. And I was like, my buddy over there, he actually has cancer. And they're like, oh, and I was like, and he's wondering and if in his last few days he could fuck both of you guys at the same time. And they just, they were like, shut the fuck up, started laughing. And then I started talking to him for like five minutes and then I go back to my buddy does and he really have cancer? No, of course not. <laughs> Jesus. Uh, and I go over to I go over to my buddy and I was like, "Hey, man, so I need you to walk over to those girls right now and, and say, tell me you have cancer and tell me that I have cancer." And so he goes over there and he's like, "Hey, you're not going to believe this, but that guy over there, he has yeah. fucking cancer." And, and so they, I just see them throw. Their There's heads no back. way these girls fucked you. <laughs> <laughs> There's no way. You're in Florida, right? This was Phoenix. Oh, okay. Uh, and they were like, I see them throw their heads back laughing, and I was like, we're in. And I fucking walked over there, hung out with them, and we fucking went to another bar. Yeah. There's That's so We didn't crazy. fuck, because one of the girls ended up being super weird, and me and my buddy kept looking at each other like, 
this isn't fucking normal, right? Just like, define weird. What was she? What kind of weird was she like? Like, like she would like be on her phone the whole time. My little pony weird or like. No, 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 no. <laughs> she would be on her phone the whole time. And her buddy was like super fucking down. Who was like the hottest of both of them. But her friend would be on it. And then she would like say something like, fuck, I was hammered. And she would say something weird. And we would like look at each other. And then it would like take away. Like her homie would then like come into a shell and be like, I got to stand with my friend. Or something. It would be like really weird. And so it was to the point we where we probably I was, are just getting bad vibes from you guys. We were giving off awesome <laughs> vibes. We were giving, you lied about having cancer. How is <laughs> how is that awesome? But vibe? they they knew we were lying. It was a joke. That's, it's oh, not lying. It was a, so they, they knew. They, so they were in on the joke. Oh, they knew immediately. They were like, "You guys don't have fucking cancer. You're not dying tomorrow." And we were like, "Yeah, of course not." But and so, but it's also one of those where like I think it's fucking funny. So I'm like, I got to try this with some other girl at some point. <laughs> but just the fact they uh, the girl like threw her head back just dying laughing he's like you're not gonna fucking believe this but you see my buddy over there (laughs) (laughs) he actually has cancer and uh and they just fucking yeah it it is funny that you guys both had the same exact line (laughs) that's yeah that's why that's why so i because he had no idea what i was gonna go say and so i walked up to him i was like i need you to go over there and tell these girls that i have fucking cancer uh and he was like what the fuck are you talking about (laughs) and i was like just trust me but Uh, then so like that is the last thing i wrote so uh two days from now i'm gonna try and write something about it and then I just transfer it into my fucking notebook and then try to do something. But most of this shit, most of the shit will never see that. That's notebook number like 15. Yep. Uh, this sounds familiar. <laughs> but yeah. And so like it, that's like my writing process. I just write down anything that makes me laugh. I just Tits write down and on puppies. my puppies. <laughs> can you tell that that's a blonde girl with if like, can you tell that that's a blonde girl's nipples without even looking at him like the, her hair? Uh, yeah, because her hair's in the picture. No, no, no. I said without looking at the hair. <laughs> oh. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know how to tell hair color to nipple ratio. I don't know if that's a thing. <laughs> I don't think that's a real thing, honestly. <laughs> well, what's your writing process? Oh, okay. Um, I mean, honestly, like, similar. So, I don't write every day, but I write very close to it. Like, I would say I write, like, a couple of times a week. Um, and it really depends on the day. Like I try to do like the right 10 thing. Like, I don't know if you ever listen to like hot breath podcast or whatever. Right. 10. What's that? So right. 10 is just like write for at least 10 minutes a day. Oh. Like if you can sit down and write for at least 10 minutes a day, do that consistently. It usually goes for more than 10 minutes, but the goal is like no less than 10. So it's like, I started doing that recently, um, where I just like, um, I just basically write like, so I write stream of consciousness and then I write, so I just write whatever comes to mind, no judgment, no going back, no editing. And then I timestamp it. So I say like, okay, I'm starting this at blah, blah, blah time. I'm ending it at blah, blah, blah time. So sure. whatever time I like start feeling myself run out of ideas and like, okay, this is starting to get like, this is starting to like not flow as much or like I have to go somewhere, whatever, for whatever reason it ends. Um, I document everything I do in my my notes app. I have a comedy like uh, tab, so I put the date. I put a little writing what emoji. What do you have in there? Um, it's my diary. It's all my deepest, darkest thoughts. Um, you really have a diary? <laughs> no. Uh, no, I just like I put it in my notes app, and I put like I'll just put like wrote from blah 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 like nine a.m. to eleven a.m. or something like that. And then I'll do, uh, I'll either transcribe or outline my set. So depending on um, how good the set was, how much I care about it, 
if I like was like, oh, this is a really good 10 minutes, I'll transcribe it. And what I started doing recently, I'll put like, this was like zero to one minute. And then I'll type out everything I had said. And like, uh, I'll rate the laughs like one through five. So like, um, yeah, like depending on like what size the laugh was. And then like calculate like my LPMs sometimes. Or sometimes I'll just outline it. So instead of writing like the entire line of exactly what I'll said, I'll just write like, like the main like keywords from the joke and like, it, whether it got a laugh or not so it really depends on like whether i want to like make it what do you do like, this on uh google docs so i have all my like outlines in google docs do you use hard notebooks mm-hmm. yeah okay, cool. so i write i write i do something uh, i do something similar all my notebooks i have every set that i've ever done in the first few pages of each notebook i do yep. each one and i write out uh, the date, where I was, how long I did, what show it was, how much money I made, and then I write in the side some notes about like whatever. So like and like these, if you, like these ones that are like underlined, like each date that's underlined. Can I see it? Yeah, each date that's underlined. I'm like, that's there's something that happened in that set that was off script. I'm like, I gotta listen back to this because this, like, I gotta listen back to it multiple times. And there's there's something in there that I'm like, I could write this down and like, it was like free form. Um, and it's very, I've done that. So like I have a, a shoe box up there in my closet of all my notebooks and every single one down to the first set that I ever did. Yep. I have that, written out like that. I have that too. I have a box in my, um, I took all my old comedy notebooks with me when I moved. I like took As them. You should. I took them all and I put little like sticky notes on them to label them like what, what like period of time it was. So like spring 2020 or like whatever you know so i put them all in like yeah um sequential order yeah like just right here november 2021 until whatever but i it's one of those where it's like i kind of go through a notebook like every that one's actually misdated uh but i usually go through them every four months do you write other stuff besides comedy not really yeah i think it and I have it in my phone notes, but those comedy notebooks are just stuff that I think I could turn into a bit. Yeah. Do you write like, do you write out the whole bit or you kind of write like keywords? Or... Oh no. What's it? So that's what I'm saying. So like the, in my notes app, it's just keywords and then you get to, uh, this. And so like, this is, um, this is the first draft of a joke that I do that works now. And so like on the side of the page, I'll write one, two, three, four, five, uh, like Liam Neeson, taking casting director, Shrek ass, call outs, sex auction. And then I'll write out and label each joke. Uh, and then it keeps, I'll label each number. There's four. And this is when the joke's already like working or this is when you're like just developing. This it? is when I'm just developing. And so like, there's a, there's a joke that I have that it is in every single notebook. Um, so like there's a fucking like this joke right here this porn joke this joke I wrote in like 2018 and it's stupid it's fucking uh, but I do it almost every set I talk about like anybody here anybody in a relationship and like anybody here think that watching porn is cheating no like it's literally the answer to the question that I ask is fucking written out so every word that I say on stage is written out and so yeah. I don't know same this girl I just started seeing right now she gets so mad at me I don't know why. I like to watch videos of me and my ex-girlfriend fucking. The whole thing's written out. There's the punchline. Like every every dialogue, and it's word, it's word for word. And so like that other joke, 
the, the jokes that I was talking about taken. Now, if you flip to the back, there's one, two. Now, there's only three parts of it because the other two parts I cut out because it didn't work after a month. I mean, you can learn a lot about yourself from just, like, listening to your sets. Just, like, mm-hmm. the your, like, safety words and, like, things that you say, like, when you're bombing or, like, how uncomfortable you are with, like, a joke not working. Like, you can just, like... You, you can get just, uncomfortable? Um, I mean... I, I've got I feel like right now I'm like the I'm like getting way more comfortable on stage than I ever have been because I've been doing way more like sets and mm-hmm. stuff since I moved here. But I mean I'm not I'm still, you know, I still got a long way to go in terms of like like leaning into a joke and like pausing and letting like the tension build and you know, there's there's always there's it's never it's never gonna be done. Like there's always gonna be like things to learn. Do you but, enjoy bombing? No. What? <laughs> Actually, well, I don't enjoy bombing, but I understand the importance of it. So sometimes when I'm doing too well, like when you have like, you know, you have like a streak and you have like a really, a couple like really good sets in a row. And like sometimes I'll have a thought where I'm like, I need to bomb now because mm-hmm. I need to like remind myself that this isn't easy, that this doesn't happen every time because it's, it goes so quickly from like, Oh, like from like, oh, I'm the worst comic and I'll never, <laughs> nothing's ever been funny ever to like every set I've, I'm ever going to do now is going to like your emotions just play this like just they're so like intense in the moment. And that's why I love listening back to my sets because like I'll like remember how I was feeling during a set, like the adrenaline's going, mm-hmm. like I'm excited, I'm riffing or whatever. And then I listen back to like what the actual like what the experience actually was when I'm not when I'm not in that same state and I'm like oh <laughs> this is yeah. not how it felt this was not like like what really it, you feel that kind of disconnected I've ever seen um I just thought of this now uh I've ever seen Always Sunny when they have the music video or they have like the they like perform in front of their like at their high school reunion or something that's showing like this like crazy like they're just like doing so well and they're crushing and then it like cuts. So it's actually happening. And they're just like, it's like, it's just like that. I think, Cause I think I have seen that episode. Cause in your head, it's just so enhanced because you're just like relieved that like the first joke works and then you just get like this adrenaline rush. And then like you thought of like a crowd work line. So now you're excited about that. And you're just like, Oh, I, that was the best set ever. And then you like listen to it and it was like still good, but like, it's not the same. Like you don't get that same feeling of like, wow that like i don't know it just never it never like it's the curse of the tape you know (laughs) you listen back to every set though Mm -hmm. whether you do good or bad oh yeah good the ones that i bum i force myself to listen to and i'm like you have to those are the ones where you learn something that's why that's why i asked if you enjoy bombing because at this point i enjoy i almost enjoy bombing more than i do doing well because if i do well it's just like, all right, cool. I didn't really learn anything, and that's why I think it was. I think it was Sam Kinison that's, or no, no, no. Maybe it was one of those OGs that said he's like, dude, he's like doing well is like jerking off, you know, like it feels good, but I know I'm gonna get off. But like when you bomb, it's like it's where you learn everything. It's all. It's like risk. It means you're like. I just try to think of it as like I'm. T- if I'm bombing right now, it's because I'm doing new stuff. Or maybe not. Maybe I'm just <laughs> maybe I'm just bombing. But like a lot of the time it's like you're yeah, I'm doing new stuff. I'm taking a risk. I'm trying mm-hmm. out a new like I've been really big on like making my sets more meaningful. So like trying to start with like a line that like ties everything that'll like 
tie everything together like some type of like a theme so i've been really like trying to like figure out how to like kind of connect everything to make it more of like not just like here's a joke all right next joke like to actually make it about something Mm -hmm. so it's like yeah whenever i'm taking like some sort of a risk of like i want to see if this works um and it really depends on like the room like the pain of the bomb like if you're bombing at a club <laughs> i can't imagine like bombing at oh, like a dude, good club oh dude i did a club. fucking i did a theater for the comedy zone and i fucking ate cock oof well you, it wasn't you probably cried after that right well so it wasn't i didn't eat cock the whole time i was doing 30 it was uh, i was featuring for billy d washington at the fucking arcadia theater in kerrville texas and i was doing 30 and then he was going to come out and do an hour and there was like you know 150 people there but they were all old as shit and there was like you know there was some young people like scattered throughout but it's like a very weird backwards town and the first 20 minutes of my 30 i killed and then i do this joke that involves like a kid getting fucked it doesn't it it's one of my favorite jokes it's hilarious and then they absolutely hated it it was like the worst thing that had ever touched their ears and then, like, I just watched <laughs> I watched dudes just cross, like, people just start crossing you their arms. You just lost them, yeah. I just watched them cross their arms and, like, all this stuff. And I was like, oh, you know, whatever. And I was like, I'm going to do this other joke, this other joke. And then for the last 10 minutes, it was just dead silent. And the, like, it was like, I could feel, I could hear, I could hear what I'm saying echo off the theater and come back to me. And how many more minutes did you have after that? 10. So I I oh. did well for 28 cock for 10. And then people in the back were just like lighting me. And I was just like, nah, I got this. I'll bring him back. Did not bring him back. And it was just the worst. And then it, the they way were that, lighting you and you didn't get off. Well, so I only had like, so I knew that I only had like 10 minutes left and then it started lighting me until I had like five minutes left. And so I'm like, this is fucking, I don't know if they're giving me like a five minute light or like what the fuck this shit is. And so what happened was the, the owner of the theater was at the show and he had like gone to the back and no. been like, get this guy off stage. So they, no. they kept lighting me. And I was like, oh, dude, fucking five minute light, you know, just like whatever. Because I was like, I got paid to do 30. So I didn't think that they're, even if I was eating shit, I didn't think that they're going to be like, get the fuck off the stage. Wow. And then the way the green room was set up is you have to, like, it's, it's adjacent to the stage, it's behind the stage. And so, like, they were like, fucking sign this wall. And so I signed the fucking wall in the bag. And I was like, fucking Galen Nash bombed here. And <laughs> fucking, I had to walk through the crowd while Billy was on stage. And then out back, it was funny because I didn't do as bad as I thought. The whole time I was like, I called my buddy. And I was like, I'm going to kill myself. This yeah, is fucking of the, course. Like, dude, I was like, bro. Like, because he, he knows my set, like, he's he doesn't do stand-up anymore but he knows my set like the back of his hand yeah he was like well what joke was it i told him he's like why'd you do that there and i was like i thought it would be funny and he was like you're retarded i'm like i'm retarded and i just i just hammered it was an open bar like they were like come out get whatever you want i'm fucking like eight drinks deep just trashed at this point like when i went up the stage i wasn't trashed and then i was like fucking bring me like i went out to the bar i was like give me these shots i'm fucking i'm forgetting this night it's me tonight and uh and um but afterwards, like all the young people came up, they were like, "You were fucking funny." I was taking pictures of them. Some of the dudes were like kissing me on the cheek and shit, like taking pictures, like all this crazy shit. And I was like, "Oh, this fucking rules!" And like, and then right when I was like, I almost was like, "This was fucking dope." This old guy like walks by and he stops and he's like, Psh, "You were okay," and just kept walking. Ooh, I was like, "You motherfucker!" That's the one you remember out of yeah. all of them. That's 
But the people the were YouTube like, YouTube comment. <laughs> it was a small town. These people were like, you should come out drinking with us. And I was like, I'm down. So I went out drinking with like these two couples and we got fucking, I was already hammered and they just drove me there and we got obliterated at some bar with karaoke. I went up and I sang straight out of Compton and they were like, this is crazy. <laughs> yeah. And like, they ended up dropping me back off of my car and I drove back to the hotel they had me at and I just fucking like, I was suicidal, dude. Like it was fucking, but then I listened back to the set. It wasn't even like the first 20 minutes were so good that I was like, I could forget about the last 10. Yeah. But yeah. So like when you say you fucking ate it, I'm like, you didn't fucking bomb in front of a theater, dude. Like you fucking, (laughs) that 10 minutes felt like an hour of just hearing my words bounce back to me. It was ass. It was ass. Yeah. That's painful. But I mean, though. I would say that if I went back there, I would do that same fucking joke and try to make it work and try to like be like, well, how can I say this to where they would like it? And they probably wouldn't work again, but I would still do it. Yeah, bombing is, you know, it's necessary. But I feel like... What's your worst bomb? What do you say where you like you think back to it and you just shudder? You're like, I fucking want to kill myself. Um, Well, there's one that always comes to mind. Uh, I did this like... Worcester comedy competition looking back it doesn't matter at all it was like in a dive bar like people were like you know playing pool or whatever while this was going on I don't know if they had pool but it was in this bar in Worcester and I had made it to the second round so the first round went well and the second round I just I've never I was actually talking to my friend who just moved here because he was there that night he's like I've never seen you bomb so hard (laughs) as like that night is he a comic yeah he's a comic and uh, and I was just like telling my jokes and I was just <laughs> watching the clock because uh, they had like a little countdown thing. I had to do 10 minutes and the judges were just so bored with my set. Like no, <laughs> no one was laughing and the judges were just like on their phones and they were just <laughs> like, like right in front of you, like scrolling on Instagram <laughs> and I still had to like, oh my God, it was so bad. Uh, I actually went on this like, uh, I did a show actually at Romo Room one time. Uh, do you remember? Yeah. Rome, the Roma I showed Rome. up there one time and it was like the worst thing of of all time so i did a show it's there. gone right yeah it's gone i did a show there and i um i was not doing well i was like <laughs> i was like i need this i was like so excited about this set i was like this is gonna be it this is gonna be it's gonna be a good set i can feel it i prepared this set like i know it's gonna be a good set I go there, just I'm just getting nothing for like the the jokes that I have the most confidence in. They're just getting absolute <laughs> nothing. So finally, I reach the end of my set. I do my my big closer. Gets still gets nothing, and then I just go, "Are you fucking kidding me?" And I just went on this like. It wasn't like a that long of a rant, but I just went on this rant. I'm like, oh, you guys like crowd work about eating it. Like I was just like shitting on the comics that went up before me and just like, oh, you think that's funny? Oh, I could do that too. I just literally just lost my shit. And did they like that or did you just come off crazy? Yeah, I got them back with that, with just like that rant of me just like losing my shit over how no one was laughing at my jokes. That actually ended up being like the best part of my whole set was just me being so angry that no one liked my <laughs> jokes. And yeah, and then we went out drinking after. <laughs> the, the uh, Do you have a hard out? Your first show's at what, nine? Yeah, my first show is at nine. Okay, cool. Um, the worst bomb that I ever had was actually at a fucking club in LA at the fucking Ice House. Oh, uh, the Dakota, is it the Dakota? No, that's in San Antonio. Never mind. You know that? You know, do you, have you ever heard of the Ice House? Yeah, that's where they used to do the secret show, right? Yeah. 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 So I was doing a show there, and the girl hosting was who I hate. 
because pretty much because of this. It was like, I hate her, dude. I hope she dies. Like it's, <laughs> like it's I hope she dies in front of her mom, who was also at the show. Uh, like it, like, but so this guy, the way she structures the lineup was like the worst that I've ever seen in my entire life. And like the show would have went well if she just restructured the lineup almost just a little bit. But it was, um, it was in the the second stage at the ice house, like the second room, and there was like thirty people in there, and. Uh, this was like September, like 2019. And this guy goes up there and just eats the biggest cock of all time. But it like there's bombing and then there's people there that just want you to die. Like, like this dude went up there. He was the white guy pretty much was saying the N word. Like it was like the worst. And like Ooh, he was telling people. To, like, he was literally saying the N word. He was like the closest you could get to saying the N word without actually saying it. Like okay. it was the most. It was just he was going up there just doing hate speech. It was terrible. And he pretty much, he was telling, oh, you don't like that? And just point at this lady in the crowd, kill yourself. Shit like that. We were just like, dude, what the fuck is going on? So he's just burning the room. Just yeah. like It was one of those where you could bomb and then most people are like, okay, cool. On to the next guy. This they, Nobody wanted to be there anymore. Everybody <laughs> wanted to leave. It was, and I'm pretty sure people did leave. Like it was that bad. And then the host goes up there. I'm next. The host goes up there and is like, wow, you really hated that guy. You're going to hate this next guy. Give it up for Galen Ash. And I just stood there in the back for a good 20 seconds. Did they hate Nobody's you? clapping. Nobody's clapping. Like, it's silent in the room. Why would she say that? I, oh, that's my why, God. That's why I hate her. That's why I hate her. I was like, you can't be serious. I get what she was trying to do, but it definitely backfired. And I stood in the back of the room. And, like, the dude that always features for me on the on the road was on that show, too. And we were standing next to each other. And we both looked at each other. And he's like, well, she already said your name. You got to go up there. And I was like, I'm not going up there. And he's like, you got to go up there. And I was like, fuck. So I walked up. Nobody's clapping. I just walk up there to silence. Oof. And I was like, this fucking sucks, dude. How much like, time did you do? Ten. Mm. And I went up there and I did, uh, I you know, I do my opener, silence. I do this other joke, silence. But I have this one joke that always gets, like, it's my best joke. It gets laughs no matter what. And it's like, you know, always almost gets applause breaks, laugh breaks. Like, it, the longest it's ever gone was 27 seconds. It's like my best joke. I go up, I do the joke. It works. And I'm like, fucking i have them i have them back i do the next joke just dead silence <laughs> and the rest of my set so i only got one laugh the entire set and it was with that one joke Ooh. and so i bombed so hard that i got off stage and i walked i just left the club and i just walked like, <laughs> i rode with somebody else and i walked to this del taco that was like a mile away <laughs> and i walked to this del taco that was like a mile away and i walked up to the i waited in line at the del taco walk up to the front counter and I was such in a, I was such in a weird headspace. The guy was like, "Hey man, like, welcome to Doc Taco. Like, how can I help you?" And I was like, "Fucking, I don't know." And he was like, "Oh, well, just let me know when you're ready." And I was like, "I don't know what's going on." And he was like, "What?" <laughs> and I just walked out of the Del Taco, started walking around Pasadena, and my buddy who drove me calls me, and he's like, "Dude, where the fuck are you?" And I was like, "I don't know." <laughs> and so I sent him my location, and he came and picked me up. Him and his girlfriend came and picked me up. And they were like, you fucking ate shit. Like, oh, I, was no. like, I was like, but like him talking shit on me, like brought me back to like reality. And I was like, what the fuck was that, dude? Like, that's how bad I bombed that I like left, like left consciousness of like, because of just looking at like 30 people just staring at you. And it was like, it was almost no fault of my own. Like, but like at the same time, I was like, I should have, you know, I should have won them over, you know, but like they did not want to be there at all. And everybody, the headliner of that night eight cock for like 40 minutes straight. Like it was like, and the guy does the guy that bombed on that show doesn't do stand up anymore. Thank God. Thank God. I hate that guy. 
But it's just one of those where it's like, what are you fucking doing, bro? Why are you even on this? It's like, what the fuck? <laughs> I'm going to look him up. What's his name? <laughs> and I'm not going to give that guy any sort of shout out on the podcast. He doesn't deserve it, but I will tell you after. Um, yeah. What was I going to say? Isn't it? Have you ever been so like just... I can't believe this is happening right now to me that you just start laughing <laughs> while you're on stage or just in general. No, just in, in real, like in general, I have a story. So, yeah. um, I was working at this restaurant for a little while and I'm notoriously just the worst shittiest server ever. I have no spatial awareness. I have no like common is like sense. A, is this like a Denny's or we're we talking like an actual five star? It was like a, like an upscale, um, like brunch place um in this austin austin okay and uh and i thought i was doing fine i was like oh i feel like this job's all right i'm doing okay and then my boss like pulls me into his office and he's like hey listen um you're messing up the orders for everybody like the <laughs> chefs are pissed like the like every like everyone's pissed the runners are pissed like you keep putting all the orders in wrong and i just started laughing hysterically <laughs> just like this like insane like maniacal just like ah, and i just like wouldn't stop laughing my boss is like what is happening right now and i'm just like that's so funny that's so funny dude because i was just like at my like i was like i can't believe like i like had a, like a decent job when i left uh mass so i was like kind of have that attitude of you know like i deserve better than this yeah. type uh and it just like to be told that like i was really bad at using a cash register <laughs> I was just at my final, like, I just, like, had, like, a, a, like the weirdest emotional breakdown in front of my boss that I've ever, like, it was just, like, just laugh crying. <laughs> really, I don't think I was crying. I was just literally, like, laughing in his face while he was telling me, like, you're ruining, you're ruining it for everybody. Yeah. I, uh, I worked at Trader Joe's for two years, and during Christmas time, there was this, there was, I was stocking an end cap of these, like, Prosecco wines like these two it was like a two liter bottle of fucking wine that nobody drinks like I think it's just for like decoration or something and I was stocking them and this like all of a sudden right behind my head I was this was in Huntington Beach California and right behind my head I just hear this dude be like well your fucking daughter's n-word hard r and I, I'm stocking wines I'm just in my own world listening to whatever music they're playing just fucking and I was like I literally in my head I was <laughs> so like that's the music they're playing in Trader Joe's <laughs> <laughs> kind of trader chooses Huntington <laughs> <laughs> Beach <laughs> but I literally was like that doesn't sound very Trader Joe's like <laughs> and so I turned around and it's this old fucking white dude and this other white lady like with like closer than we are now like they were like like I could have punched this guy in the face like that close now I'm like trapped against I'm trapped against this end cap like my back against it and this dude and this dude's also this lady is white this dude's white he's screaming the n-word I was like this doesn't make sense and they're going at it and then this lady who worked there who was like my work mom her name was Dana uh, she she worked for she was a captain of like this police station for like 30 years retired was like I miss working just got a job at Trader Joe's so she's like this badass lady she's a lesbian like just badass as fuck and so like I just watch her like run over but before she runs over I'm up against this wall and there the dude's like screaming the n-word this girl's like well fuck you you honky and shit like that she's also white and it's like the craziest thing and i'm just sitting there laughing my ass off like i everybody so the whole store stops the whole store stops because you know you hear the n-word hard r like that everywhere everyone just stops is like what's going on over there and so 
it was right in front of all the registers. There was like 10 registers. All my coworkers are like thinking that I did something. And so <laughs> no. I'm just sitting there like laughing because this guy's just screaming the N-word at this white lady. And I'm like, this is fucking crazy. Everybody that I work with sees me laughing. They start laughing because <laughs> I'm laughing. And so like, like it was the weirdest thing because everybody's laughing. All the customers are like, what the fuck's going on? And like I'm, I couldn't sneak out of it. And the, then the badass Dana comes up like a badass. She has her hand on her hip, like she still has a gun. Like it was just like her training just kicked in, and she like separates them. All this crazy shit starts interrogating the guy, like all this stuff. And so we come to the. It turns out that in the parking lot, uh, the lady has two daughters that are adopted that are black <gasps> that were like around the corner. So I didn't see them. So I just see like this guy screaming the n word at this Ooh. white lady. Didn't see the black girls like on the other side of me, like to the, like by the cereal or something, and. Turns out the guy was like had his blinker on for this parking spot, and like this is all over a parking. This spot? is all over a parking spot, and the girl just like drove into it, <laughs> and so he like parked his car like in the middle of the parking lot, ran inside to like fight this lady, and it was just like it was insane. But yeah, I just started laughing, and like I ended up getting pulled into the office, and they were like, "Why were you laughing?" I was like, "Cause that was fucking funny, dude. Like you can't." <laughs> Put yourself in my shoes. And this, I was already doing stand-up at the time. So, like, you know, everybody that at that at that job, like, came to shows and shit. And they were like, look, we know you don't take shit seriously, but, like, you should have separated them. And I was like, fuck that. Like, I'm fucking – look at how big I am. You know, I'm not, like, the biggest dude in the world. I'm not fucking – the guy was, the guy was like, 6'2". Like, I'm not fucking – I'm going to fight this guy because he said the N-word. Fuck that, dude. Freedom of speech. He can say whatever he wants. I'm not fucking fighting this guy. Because what, 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 in this situation, let's say I fought that guy. Now I'm fired. I'm not losing my job because some fucking guy over a parking spot. And then I lost that job over something stupid. <laughs> anyway, <laughs> Trader Joe's. Which was the job that I lost within that two-week span that I told you about. Oh, that was, oh, that all happened during everything else? Well, I got fired from that job for something else during that two-week span. Oh. And then everything fell apart. Yeah, wow. That was a rough week. <laughs> yeah. I'm glad it happened, though. Yeah. <laughs> You're glad he said the end? No, I'm just No, kidding. that was... It ended up being, like, months later. Yeah, I mean, you're probably one of the only comics that's, like, actually getting booked places. <laughs> I'm like, how are you doing this? This looks cool. So, what? Like, you, like, actually have, like, dates lined up. I'm like, what? <laughs> oh, like, out of town and shit? That's so, like... I don't know. I just... It's, it's rare. That I was just... I just did this dude's podcast... And uh, it's the I'll shout it out the final stop podcast with Daniel Bridgegad uh, and Tristan Bowling. Um, but the first minute, the first like three minutes of the podcast is me just talking shit on Austin uh, and them asking questions about Austin. But I think that it's funny that like Austin is so backwards almost, as in like we're talking about like like the old Austin dudes. Like whenever Moon Tower comes around, like all these dudes you've never heard of. All of a sudden, all these dudes like that don't exist, or like the local Austin Congress. Like, who the yeah. fuck are those guys? And then, but I'm also not part of the Austin scene in the same time. Like, I show up and like do stuff, and then when I have something to work out, I'll show up at an open mic. But I'm not like you know like Brandon who shows up to every open mic and he's like part of the scene and people in the scene know him. I just I go out of town and then I show up. Do you plan on staying here for very long? Or I do, because um, it's so in the like all my flights are so cheap. Just flying yeah. out of Austin. So it's more just like the location of like the like 
like how close it is to like everything else that like all the other like places in like Arizona and like Florida and all that. Like, it's that's definitely a dope part of it, but there's also stage time here. So you feel like leaving California was a good decision? Oh, a thousand percent. I would do it ten times out of ten. I would do it ten times because I could go back. I go back and I do shit at the store, and I go back and I do shit at you know La Jolla, and I go back and I do you know Lompoc and Atasca, Fresno, like you know. Yeah. I'm doing in November. I'm doing a casino in fucking Reading. Like it's like all this stuff that like wouldn't have never happened if I feel like I didn't leave. Because I feel like leaving made me something bigger than I was when I was there. Because it was one of those, like, you know, I did the podcast when I was still there. But because I felt like I was so in touch, everybody felt like they were so in touch with me because they saw me all the time. The second I leave and I start doing other shit on the East Coast, another thing, they're like, okay, he's... I feel like in like a, it creates, like, this weird, like, oh, he's... You know, I'm still the same fucking guy. But you just don't have... You don't... You're just not in touch with me anymore. Yeah, or, like, it kind of shows people, like, how serious you are about it, too, when you leave. Because I feel like if you just stay and, like, if I just stayed, stayed and did my same open mic circuit and lived at mm-hmm. my parents' house, then, like, what's that going to show me? Like, what am I sacrificing? Like, um, I still have my comfy job. I, I'm, like, going no more than, dri- not willing to drive any more than 40 minutes to go do a spot. Like, I just mm-hmm. don't think I would have grown from that. It's, it's all about that like comfort zone and it's funny because there's like a like you'll you'll see like we were just talking about those dudes in the beginning of like you think these dudes are like the shit and they end up just like I was like oh you guys have never made money doing this ever and then but like in the beginning you're like oh this dude's the fucking shit I saw him at three open mics when did you start if you don't mind me asking like, when did you really start making money in comedy and what do you do you think that was a streak of luck do you think it was just like how many like how consistent you were being do you think it was like right place right time like how when did it really start becoming like oh this is like something i can make a living off of um i mean that was always the goal um but as far as something that i could like taste and touch and physically feel like my first paid gig was like three months into comedy and it was um this show in oceanside california which was like you know just outside of San Diego on the side of Orange County. So it was like a 40-minute drive. And this dude posted in this Orange County comedy scene was like, hey, I'm headlining this show in like two hours. I forgot that I have to bring a feature. Is there anybody here that could do 20 minutes? And I did not have 20 minutes. And I was like, I could do it. And he was like, fucking, you're on. You did 20 minutes three months in? Yeah. And I showed up. And it was like, like like one of the best sets I've ever had. Like there's a video of like a crowd work moment I have that's still on my Instagram and um, it like went, it like blew up and like, it was like crazy. Um, But there was like a hundred people there. So it's like impossible to just like eat shit in like this moment. And so like, it's, it's crazy because I'm actually in November going back and headlining that same show. That was my first paid show ever. Wow. Um, And yeah. And so like, I got paid on that show. I still have the, the, I haven't, framed it and put it up yet but it's in a frame in my closet the first you know dollar that i ever got from comedy yeah um and it's cool but yeah and so like it was funny because afterwards so i had a great set afterwards the booker that show has been booking it for like 10 years came out and he was like he was telling me as he was texting me as i was driving there's like hey if this lady asks you how long you've been doing comedy tell her like four years five years something i've been doing it for three months that's and so crazy she never asked and then we were outside afterwards and uh, she was like, man, like great set, blah, blah, blah. And I looked at the guy, I looked at her and I was like, hey, if you were to guess 
like how long I've been doing stand up. How long would you guess? And she said six years. What? And I was like three months. And she was like, shut the fuck up. Yeah. And so it was one of those. Wild. And after that, I started doing a bunch of paid stuff, going up the improv all the time and, and stuff like that. But like, I feel like it's dedicated fully to the grind. And I feel like, you know, it's it, it, comedy is like 40% being funny and like 60% just being cool. Like, it's <laughs> like if you're just a cool dude or if you have something to offer, you're not going to just, you're not going to, you're not going to drown. Um, people just want to hang out with people that are cool. And if you're cool, then you get spots. And, you know, there's people that I know that suck ass, but it's like, you know, I'll still, if I produce a show, I'll still put them up because I'm like, you're a fucking cool dude or like whatever. I could get something out of it. Like likable. Yeah. But yeah. But it's funny because it's, yeah, being funny outweighs all of that shit. Yeah. And it sounds like you put a lot of work into it too, which is good. Yeah. Anyway, right. I do have to get going yeah. soon. <laughs> anyway, we are at the perfect point. I leave the final minute of the podcast to the guests to plug whatever, say whatever, any parting words of wisdom that you want to leave on our listeners. This next minute is all you. All right. Let's see. Um, I'm on YouTube at Holly Johnston, Instagram at Holly dot Johnston underscore. Um, what else do I have coming up? Uh, I'll be, I've got some Austin shows. I'll be at the, uh, funniest person in Austin in Cap City on July 26th. Uh, I'm going to be doing the Pershing next Thursday. And then, um, I think I'm doing, uh, the Green Jay next Friday. Uh, drop numbers on these dates. This comes out tonight at oh, midnight. Yeah. You know, you're like, yeah, the, uh, next, next so Friday. This. <laughs> uh, the, yeah, Green Jay is the 22nd, uh, Pershing's the 21st, and then um, Cap City is the 26th. I do have one last question. How, how soon after you moved here did you start getting booked? Um, good question. I can't even remember. Um, I honestly don't remember what my first, well, I was booked when I, came out here to visit i was booked on at least one thing i feel like i was booked on like a couple of shows that week so i was like already kind of like getting to know bookers and stuff when i came to visit Mm -hmm. um my first show i did when i was here though i honestly don't know it may have been death squad it may have been but it also because i had I moved here the 14th and then the 21st of June I got up on Kill Tony and then the 25th or whatever that Thursday was I did the Death Squad show. So it might have been the Death Squad show honestly. What a fucking turnaround. Pretty cool. You yeah. You just fucking got here and all of a sudden you're doing all this cool shit. What a turnaround. Yeah, that was the uh that was did like people from home be like, "What the fuck?" Yeah, I got a lot of like random dudes from high school being like, <laughs> "Whoa, you do comedy?" <laughs> but um, I don't know if that was my first show. It was definitely one of the first shows though, because I'd only been here for like two weeks at that point, which is pretty. I was like, "This is crazy." I was like, "It only can go up from here," <laughs> uh, <laughs> and then it didn't. Um, <laughs> all right, so <laughs> that's my time <laughs> on this podcast. Okay, thanks for doing it. This was a ton of fun. And uh, yeah, thank you so much for having me on.